But where are you really from? A podcast about the Asian American struggle. Hi, I'm Jesse Lin. And I'm Angela Lin, and welcome back to But Where Are You Really From? This week, we're talking about something that we really love, food. But in particular, we're talking about one type of food that we really love, bubble tea slash boba, depending on which coast you grew up in. Sorry, I'm still in the boba camp. I just want to say it's still the boba camp. But I want to recognize that we got a lot of bubble tea oriented listeners. So this week, we're going to be talking all about boba and we're gonna give you guys a history lesson on boba where it came from what's the current stitch where we think it's gonna go in the future and why it seems like so many non-asian or sorry not non-asian but non-taiwanese people really enjoy drinking bubble tea so yeah and the reason jesse went into the defense is because i shot a glare at him <laughs> when he started like, that's not what it's called well Man. it's whatever first thing you call it is what you're saying it is and you started it with bubble tea i'm like you've lived on the east coast for too long jesse <laughs> okay well i was i was in my defense i was looking at the outline so the outline had bubble tea so that i just read it Oh, Jesse. Anyways, okay. would you like to give our listeners the history lesson of the episode? Yes, and I think it's, as always, Jesse and I don't know shit about shit, and we Googled a bunch of stuff right before this episode to bring you what we're going to talk about, besides our own experiences, obviously. Um, but for the history, it's interesting because I think both of us knew it was from Taiwan, but we, or at least I didn't really know what the, like, backstory was, and it, TVH doesn't look like there is a single consensus of the backstory, but everyone at least is in consensus that it started sometime in the 80s in Taiwan as an accident, or like a happenstance type of, like, concoction, which shop did it is like contentious there's one in taichung and one in tainan and they both claim that their people like threw the bubbles or threw the pearls whatever into like a random drink and were like i invented boba but um either way 80s in taiwan something that i found interesting in the history though is that tapioca is something that we Tapioca is the like base ingredient for the pearls or the boba bubbles, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I've always associated tapioca with like definitely Asian people, Asian food, um, if not specifically Taiwan, because like the most common thing it's used for that people know about is boba. But uh, fun fact, which maybe you already knew, but I didn't, is that uh tapioca first came to taiwan between the late 1800s and mid 1900s during the japanese colonization of taiwan where they brought it over via from brazil via southeast asia so it's actually a south american thing 
is the cassava plant is where tapioca comes from. And I had no idea that it was not like indigenous to Asia somewhere and, and definitely not Taiwan. It all gets a little fuzzier then, but in terms of like how it got to the US, I think the general notion is that around like between the 60s and 90s, it was when like more widespread immigration of like Asian people to the US uh, started. And in the 90s in particular, Taiwanese people immigrated a ton into the LA area, um, San Gabriel Valley, also, the like most Asian, most Chinese populated, the, the SGV. Um, and boba started as kind of like a secondary or tertiary item that would be on menus. And it was kind of janky, like, in those styrofoam cups and it was like um not anything fancy it was like the you know mom or grandma running the restaurant would just have it as like a one dollar add-on type shit just to have like a more expanded menu but it was not like no one had specialty boba shops or anything like that and no one thought it was going to be like a main staple it was just an an added thing onto menus and then somehow became like the thing it is now well i mean yeah i can definitely still remember not recently but to support that like maybe when we were younger when we would go to those like so this is like a, i don't know not a carnival some kind of giant meeting some religious meeting and they would have like vendors sell traditional Chinese food and I remember I got like basically that but it was like hot tea with condensed milk and they threw some <laughs> they threw some boba in it and I was like wait this isn't cold this isn't what I was uh <laughs> but yes I definitely can back that up with some firsthand knowledge but a uh, quick question do you think that most people know that bubble tea is from Taiwan no I don't think so okay I also was wondering too I think Asian people know yes it, or uh -huh. many Asian people know, maybe not even all Asian people know that it's from Taiwan. But um, yeah, I, if if you know, you're probably Asian. <laughs> if you know, you know, listeners. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> so as we alluded to at the top of the episode, there's some contention, contentiousness between the usage of bubble tea and boba. And I actually think they're... When I was looking into it, there are different ways of naming different attributes of it. So in one of the articles, it says the bubble tea, the bubbles don't refer to the tapioca or the zenzu. It refers to when you shake it, there's the milk bubbles at the top. And I then that, I yeah. guess for for us, boba is just boba. It's just it's a, a whole drink. Yeah. But some people refer to it just as the pearls the tapioca mm -hmm. pearls um well actually and then this relates to the other historical not historical it sounds so ancient that way but like the other fun fact about the like history of boba is that even though people debate about um like which shop created it no one debates where the name came from the boba nickname for it which is super weird it uh it's named after um a hong kong actress named amy yip who was a sex symbol in the heyday and uh her nickname was boba because 
Buopa is another way of talking about boobies. <laughs> and she had big boobies. So <laughs> it's so bizarro. I feel like Asian culture has like random, like very perverted tendencies. And <laughs> this is like one of them, which is like, let's name this like fun drink that kids drink after boobs. <laughs> like, it's so bizarre. What do you think about this bubble tea versus boba? Like, when did someone first say bubble tea to you instead of boba? Somewhere on the East Coast, for sure. Do you think it was it like was? very clear okay. to me that it was a an East Coast West Coast divide mm-hmm. when I first heard it there because. Mm-hmm. And, and like, I also read the same thing you read, that it technically was named bubble tea because of the bubbles of when you shake it, like, the drink forms bubbles. But mm-hmm. no one who talks about bubble tea is talking about that. Like, they straight oh, up no one, call yeah. the pearls the bubbles. bubbles. So, yeah. so then everyone thinks the thing is called bubble tea because the pearls are the bubbles. So then I'm like, you're wrong. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> not what it is. And it made me so pissed. But then, you know, I lived in New York for seven years and you still live there. So you just kind of have to accept it at that point because no one calls it boba. But just like, you don't even know. It wasn't started here. I mean, it wasn't yeah. started in the U.S. in general. But then yeah. the first U.S. outpost was definitely West Coast. So then uh-huh. it just became like a West Coast, East Coast thing, I think. <laughs> Well, I, if I remember correctly, for the most, and it's been a while since I've, uh, when I when I went to Cha for Tea last time I was home, like, uh, you know, a month or so ago, the difference between the menus, because I think, like, distinctly on the East Coast, on the menu, they write bubble milk tea, and on the West Coast, it's either tapioca milk tea, they just have the milk tea, and then they have, like, toppings, and then they have, you know, tapioca pearls blah 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 but the menus themselves are i think inherently different i think sometimes people think that boba or bubble milk tea has to be this like very thick rich thing but you can always get the lighter version of it which isn't exactly that because you know you're not putting milk in it and it's not actually tapioca pearls but you can do like the grass jelly or some like lighter form like the smaller tapioca pearls or stuff like that's still very good and it's like a different distinct thing like more refreshing yeah so i think that's also something interesting is that well we're tapping into like two different things here right like one is like the um idea of boba or what can be encompassed by it is not just a tea with milk and the tapioca pearls which is like the most default thing like you're saying there's so many varieties now of like types of tea or like if there's milk or no milk if there's fresh fruit or no fresh fruit if you want boba or you want like pudding as your topping or like random other shit as your topping right and then but all of those things can be called boba like when you're saying like i want to go get boba Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that you are just going to get like that default thing you're Mm probably maybe you have zero tapioca pearls in your thing and no milk like me and this is still considered like a boba run right yeah um so that's one whole thing and i think we want to talk about like the new trends in boba flavors and stuff too but something that you really dug into which i'm i want to pick apart as well is more the like cultural significance of boba in like asian american life because Uh for me i have never been like a huge boba fan in Uh general i think i liked it when it first came out because i was like oh this is fun and new and like i i was younger then too so i was like yum sugar and like chewy things i don't know yeah yeah um but then as i got older i just i didn't like it that much um so if i got it i would get it without the 
boba pearls um, or I would just go to like hang out. So it wasn't so much that I was craving the boba itself. It was like friends would be like, hey, I want to go get boba. You want to come? And I would be like, well, I want to hang out. So yeah, I'm going to go get the boba with you. Mm. And we'd sit there at Lolly Cup. That was like my most common. I I don't think it was as big of a thing for you because maybe it was too far for you and your high school. But like for for kids at my school, we went to Lolly Cup, which was like a very big thing in the 2000s in Irvine, Orange County area um, for boba. And I would get like the crispy chicken, which is a very like Taiwanese street food snack that is often Mm -hmm. served with boba. Um, And we'd stay there for like hours on end and it i bought the thing just to have an excuse to be there but i wasn't there because i was like i'm craving boba versus other people probably were yeah i mean i think one of the articles did dive into it it's also from eater which is how bubble tea became basically like this thing of a generation and it does talk about how it's almost like emblematic of a specific generation of Asian Americans because of how many life things that it's tied to like you're saying it isn't just about getting the drink but it's like hanging out with your friends like when you're in the lolly cup or I used to go to tapioca express a lot Mm -hmm. when you're in the lolly cup or tapioca express there's always like flyers and posters and stuff for Taiwanese things or like Chinese things so like part of it's like you're there to get the drink part of it's like you're there to hang and then like also while you're there you're like subtly absorbing asian culture things so they play they would play like taiwanese pop music and they would have all these like uh things that are from what was the contemporary culture of taiwan back then yeah and that article did touch on this and i don't think i recognize this in my own like history until i read part of that article but it's like Mm -hmm. these were safe spaces for us, right? Because mm-hmm. it was like, it's a pl- one of the few places where you would go and everyone was Asian American. I mean, not everyone. They Sometimes they brought their white friends or whatever, but it was like <laughs> the majority of the people there are Asian American. Yeah. And it was one of the few spaces where you would be the majority. And that's like somewhere special for you know for people Mm -hmm. that are part of a minority group um so i don't think i recognize that at the time but there i think i did feel a level of comfort going and i the like purchase of the boba was your ticket in so Uh i i gladly paid it even though i didn't want it that much but yeah Mm. we'd stay there for like four hours you know three to four hours just like hanging there and feeling comfortable with ourselves that's interesting because like as you mentioned that i was also thinking about like how i could feel more comfortable being like flexing my asianness in that space than other places you know like when you go to some asian places and you're like oh i can say the language and i feel like yes power that was the kind of place where you're like i know all the words to the food and the menu (laughs) like i can actually order in chinese like so yeah Do you love ramen, Jesse? Oh my god, yes. Don't you hate the shitty instant ramen we have here in the States, though? Um, totally and completely. What if I could tell you that you could get premium instant ramen direct from Japan delivered straight to your door? 
Did you know that in Japan, instant ramen is actually legit. They put a lot of care into using high quality ingredients for the soup, the noodles, and <laughs> the toppings. But how do I get access to that when I live here? Well, bitch, you're in luck. We've teamed up with 5AM Ramen, a business based out of Tokyo that is obsessed with all things ramen. They are offering premium curated sets of the best instant ramen in Japan to consumers worldwide. And with our special discount code, you'll get 5% off your order and free shipping worldwide. Just use ReallyFrom5 at checkout. Head over to instantramen.jp now and use our promo code ReallyFrom5. Oishi! Yeah. Well, actually, let's break that down further because I think there's an interesting, like, it started a while ago, but I think it's certainly like diverging further now, which is that the article that you sent and we read is postulating that boba is like integral to Asian American culture, not just like Asian immigrant culture, but Asian American, one of the first things that kind of like signaled Asian American identity, right? Um, mm -hmm. Or that we could claim. And I think that's true, but I do think in the topic of boba and speaking to what you just said about like feeling pride that you could order it in Chinese or whatever, right? Is that there's now a split between the like authentic OG Taiwanese run boba shops and then these like hip, you know, like first gen Asian American run type boba places. So for example, like Boba Guys is getting fucking huge, right? Mm -hmm. And they are Asian American. I don't actually even know if the founders are of Taiwanese origin. They may or may not be, but they don't mm -hmm. have to be. But basically it's like the old school way versus the like new generation way and i think they value different things like you're there for the hang you're there for the gram you're there for you know the the like experience less so to say like this is authentic and what i mean by authentic is like authentic to like actual taiwanese boba mm -hmm. which really values like high quality tea because TBH, these, you know, the first gen run boba places don't care that much about the tea, right? It's like, it sometimes there isn't even tea in it. It's like, there's like, Boba Guys has like a Korean banana milk, which is like, <laughs> there's no tea in it. It's just like straight sugar. It's like a shit ton of bananas, syrup, milk, and like, you know. Anyways, so the tea is not like at the center anymore of of first generation run boba shops versus you can tell that it's like you can tell when you're in an authentic Taiwanese run uh, boba place when you like get a kick when you drink the the milk tea because the tea is actually strong uh -huh. and it's like high quality yeah. and then the other's a topping because we we read this and all the articles but it's just it was just a refresher of what we've been hearing our whole lives with our moms probably which is in Taiwan there's this texture that everyone values a lot which is QQ QQ. Yes, and it's often written like the letter Q, even though that's not actually what it's um, what it where it came came from. But anyways, so this QQ texture is is kind of like it's chewy, it's bouncy, it's like it's not just to describe boba; it's also to describe like other 
things, but it's a very like coveted texture in Taiwanese culture. Um, and so in like authentic Taiwanese run boba shops, they don't just have boba. Like yes, having like QQ boba is also very important, but they also have like other toppings that are very QQ. And Karen took me to one of these in South Bay where they have like um noodles and I was like what the fuck why am I getting noodles in my boba and it's um I think it's still made out of tapioca but the shape is oh, like little short noodles um so you get like a mix of all these different like qq toppings which is like you get some boba you got some noodles and then I think there's some like cubes or something I don't know it's just like this whole <laughs> schlep of stuff um and then also like yes boba guys has like a ton of toppings as well but I think some of the more like traditional um, things that even kind of come from like herbal medicine, right? There's like grass jelly and like things like that, that white people probably don't like as much because it's sometimes it's not like, sometimes it's a little bitter or like it's just a flavor they're not used to. So like the more mainstream places are not going to put that on the menu versus Mm -hmm. somewhere that is like run by OG Taiwanese people will be like, that's what Taiwanese people like. So I'm going to put it on the menu. Mm -hmm. So there's, that's something I find really interesting is like seeing this divergence right now um, between Mm -hmm. the like first gen kids that are doing their own thing, picking up something that started in Taiwan, but making it more of this like Asian American thing that may Mm -hmm. not be so true to the core, but is like taking a life on of its own versus the like OG Tony's um, trend that is also thriving right now, but like in a totally different way. Okay, well, why don't we talk a little bit more about the broadening appeal? What did you learn about the non-Asian people who are now discovering (laughs) and embracing boba? In the New Yorker article, Chronicles of a Bubble Tea Attic, the author talked about how she was part of a student group in high school and part of what they did, or was it in college, something like that, and part of what they did as at an event was to have boba at the event. So I mm-hmm. think part of the reason why non-Asian people might like boba is because we know it's a palatable and easy thing and we push it as a thing that's like, you know, you're at the student event, there's bubble tea. You're at the blah, 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 there's bubble tea. It's like very, it's easy to drink, very accessible. So we push it as like a, this is a, you know, easy to digest, no pun intended, thing from our culture that you'll enjoy because the people in popular culture like it and it's easy to uh stomach for lack of a better term yeah okay so that's your hypothesis of how it entered into white people's <laughs> spheres yeah that we push it that we push it as like an as a, as a thing that we uh-huh. enjoy that's coming from our culture um i also think that because it's so synon like not synonymous but because it is so intertwined with like asian american culture from the 90s it's now become like a studyable thing so when i was googling around i found a partial thesis submission called wanna get boba the bond between boba and asian american youth in san jose california so it's mm. like so as you were mentioning it's so ingrained into some people's lives not in a way that they're thinking about it consciously, but like there are some patterns of things that they're doing in pursuit of the boba that now it's become a thesis studyable thing. So I think that because of its popularity, 
and its connection with Asian American culture in the U.S., it's also become more noticeable. Okay, shall we move into trends in boba? Yes, trend alert, trend alert. Yeah, so I looked up a lot of shit because I felt very un knowledgeable about this this topic since i'm not like that into boba um Uh and tbh the trends that are still floating in the u.s are not that like crazy i'm like oh i've heard of this already you know this is like yeah i didn't know this was still a trend i think the like i think we just wanted to have this fun conversation because to see like the evolution of it and how like some crazy combos have popped up i think Mm -hmm. in the u.s the craziest shit is still the like um cheese foam thing oh the cheese foam uh that seems to be the most like out there thing that is definitely caught on and people love it i haven't tried it yet have you i think i have i think i have did you like it yes i mean it's you know i don't think you can not like it it's like well that's a lie i was gonna say it's like not liking chocolate but i know some people don't like chocolate if you like sweets in general you'll like it See, that's my thing. I'm not a huge, like, when I order boba, I order 25% sweetness or 0%. I don't think you'll like it. It's very, it's very rich. It's very Yeah, and I had to look it up because I was like, are you melting cheese and putting it on boba? Because I don't understand, but it's cream cheese, right? It's like, it's like whipped cream cheese with some salt on top so that there's like a savory element to it, but it's not like american craft cheese melted onto your boba or something no, when i no, first heard like, it i was like gross what no 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 <laughs> it's like if you're thinking about like what will be the equivalent of it in starbucks uh, like a salted caramel yeah so that's probably i think that's the like most out there one that's trending in the u.s which is not new by any means it's been around for mm-hmm. many years at this point but i looked up some fun um ones that are trending in asia because mm. they're obviously where we steal all of our <laughs> trends from um and let's see there are some interesting ones oh Okay, well, there's one um, in the U.S. We have like creme brulee milk tea, right? I, I've seen those on a couple mm-hmm. menus, but I don't think it's like that different from the cheese foam thing versus in Malaysia right now. There is a creme brulee one where they literally give you like, you know, the like flame, <laughs> flamed creme brulee topping on top of your your milk tea so that's one it's like next level it takes too much operational use i think to trend in the u.s that's definitely for the gram yeah it's for the gram um in taiwan there's one where i don't know how i feel about this instead one of the new toppings is oatmeal like it's literally oatmeal. just like cooked oatmeal at the bottom. So I guess they're pushing it as like a breakfast. Now you can like have boba for breakfast because instead of boba at the bottom, it's like oatmeal. So then you're eating your breakfast grains or whatever. That doesn't sound I don't good. know. No, I don't know if that's going to catch on at all. And then the most like, it's not bizarre. It's not bizarre, but it looks bizarre to me is... um. You know how in Taiwanese culture, or maybe it's Chinese, I don't know where it originated from, but we have the tea eggs, like the the eggs oh, that are cooked uh, in tai-tan. tea and yeah, tai okay. yeah, 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 cooked in like tea and star anise and like other whatever so shit, right? But anyways, stuff, tastes yeah. really good. Um, there's a shop in Taiwan that's serving. <laughs> 
Well, they serve the noodle things in the tea, like I talked about. But, oh, uh-huh. it's actually made from sweet potato, not tapioca. I was incorrect there. But when you get your boba, they put a tea egg, a chayetan, on top. Because they're known, I guess, for the the egg. Like, in it? Or just on um, top of the cup? No, it's on top, but it's, like, the way... It's it's for the gram as well, because I'm staring at it right now. But it just, like, okay. looks a little bizarre, because it's, like, you got your boba, and then it's got, like, literally a, a, like, wet tea egg on top of your boba. Oh. But I guess, I guess the co- idea is that, you know, it's, like, it's an egg that's cooked in tea and you're about to consume tea so you could like eat it while you're sipping on your boba and whatever but i don't know if those are (laughs) that's a stretch well this last one i think white people would be into so then the u.s would be into which is alcoholic milk oh yeah i saw that i saw that in one of the articles where they were like talking well because a bubble tea again it's like originally not an expensive thing it's like a small add-on but of course like in the great tradition of capitalism in America, like we always take like really shitty things and we're like, how can we make them more expensive? Okay, upgrade the ingredients, done. Okay, turn the ingredients to alcohol. We can charge triple the amount of money. Like, I don't know if I would ever hop on board for something like that. I don't think, I. it doesn't sound like it would taste good to me, but Mm -hmm. this one I actually read, I'm sure they're doing it in the US too. I think I've seen it on a menu or two as well, but this one is from Singapore and they have flavors like Nutella Baileys. Maybe that one would be good. Maybe. Um, Taro tequila sounds fucking disgusting Uh, to uh, me. uh, Yeah, (laughs) disgusting. Um, Green tea Heineken also doesn't sound that good. And then pineapple thyme rum. I mean, I guess once you start removing any semblance of milk tea from it and you're just putting alcohol and like a fruity thing together, that's fine. But that, that's not really boba. <laughs> hey, everyone. We love doing this podcast. And if you enjoy our episodes, we would really appreciate if you could support us in any number of ways. First is by subscribing to us, rating us, and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. Second is by telling a friend. Third is following us on Instagram at whereareyoufrompod. Fourth is supporting us on Buy Me a Coffee. You can find out more about all of these by visiting our Instagram's link in bio. And again, our handle is at whereareyoufrompod. Thank you. All right. So I hope you guys enjoyed this lively discussion around food. I think this is like the most passionately I've ever talked about food ever. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not even real food. It's snacky food, which is very on brand for me. But let's move on to the fortune cookie part of our podcast because we always like to end on a sweet treat. We wanted to reveal to you guys what our favorite boba combos are. Angela, would you like to go first? Yes, I think TBH. I don't have like a favorite favorite, but my go-to is something very similar to what I'm drinking right now, which is I don't really tend towards the milk tea part because you know what? Something I find really ironic about Asian Americans' love of milk tea, boba tea, is that so many of us are lactose intolerant. (laughs) Anyway, so I can't have boba unless I've like come prepared with the lactate. So. So, yeah, so that's a big element to it. But even now, like, especially on the coast, we're so, like, 
uh, what alternative milks do you have? So like everyone has oat, oat milk. milk and almond milk and whatever. So I get that sometimes, but I actually do prefer the like non-milk boba. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, if it's like in the afternoon, because I don't drink that much caffeine anymore, I don't want to like spike. So I'll get the things that are uncaffeinated. My One of my favorite ones is winter melon, which a lot of people don't know what that is who are Chinese speaking when they hear it in English, but donggua, it's donggua tea, you know? Yeah, it's a, and I think I like it because it's not too sweet. It's got a little bit of sweetness, but it's not too sweet. And it um, makes me feel connected to my Taiwanese like upbringing because you didn't drink that when you were growing is up. That, I drank a lot the, of that. It's the very light soup and the donggua is like this white thing, right? And it's usually you, when you eat it, it's very soft. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I know. Yeah, and then you could also buy at like 99 Ranch. They had like canned donggua juice or whatever, right? So what's the flavor when it's in a tea like that, though? It's just very subtly sweet, like very subtle. Um, (laughs) It's kind of like crisp and subtle. Um, And yeah, I'll get, so I'll get winter melon tea. And then for the topping, like I said, I'll either get aloe vera chunks or lychee chunks because, yeah. The other, I don't like boba that much. And but if I'm feeling fucking indulgent, then I will go for a milk tea of some sort, and I'll get the pudding topping because I love pudding. (laughs) (laughs) But that's like not that's not my go-to. It's that's too indulgent. You're like literally setting yourself up for gastrointestinal failure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if I've already gone that path, I'm taking the lactate already. But yeah. How about you? Very fair. Um, I want to say recently, I've been really into the brown sugar boba craze thing. Oh, so you have such a sweet tooth. I know. It's really bad. But I really like it. It's so sweet. Uh, it's delicious. But if I'm going to a place that has, like, everything, where it's, like, you have your, your teas, your milk teas, whatever, and there's also food, I would say nostalgia dictates that I would get something that's, like, a black milk tea with tapioca pearls or a green tea milk tea with tapioca pearls and then an order of the crispy salty fried chicken. Yes. yes. Yan shu it's, it's very so traditional. Nostalgic. It's like, yeah. Every place we went to when we were growing up, that was like the combo. You could get that as a yes. combo. So. so that's our favorite stuff. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, if you have strong thoughts about your favorite boba combo or the history of boba or your experience with it as an emblem of your Asian American upbringing, we want to hear from you. So write us in with comments or your story um, for a potential feature on an upcoming reflections episode email us at tell us where you're from at gmail.com the your is y-o-u-r-e and as always come back next week for a fresh new episode but until then bye bitches, bitches.